This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, as we come before you this morning, we recall the words you have written for us in, in Psalm 46, where the psalmist says, and reminds us of this truth, that God, you are our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. And you say to us in that psalm, O oh Lord, at the end of it, be still and know that I am God. Pray this in the powerful, saving, and victorious name of Jesus. Amen. Do you have any fears or insecurities? Like Sarah? Sarah's 30 years old, been married for just a little bit under a year to her husband, John, whom she loves dearly. She is so excited to spend the rest of her life with him. Her issue is, though, when she's around her mother-in-law, Susan, she just can't help but feel anxious and insecure. You see, Susan is a well-accomplished and confident woman who is a pillar of strength for her family. Susan raised her family as a, a single mother after her husband was killed in a horrible car accident. After that car accident, Susan started her own business. She became very, very successful and at the same time provided a loving home for her children. Susan is well-respected in the community and is admired by many. Sarah is a caring and warm person, but she's filled with self-doubt. And those self-doubts, those fears, those insecurities, it's causing for some tense and disconnected times with her mother-in-law. Whenever Sarah's around her mother-in-law, she's trying to build herself up, raising up her accomplishments while downplaying her weaknesses. And if Sarah perceives, just perceives any kind of criticism or, or direction from her mother-in-law, she gets super, super defensive. And it's all because of her fears and insecurities. How about you? Any fears? Like the fear of failure or success or loss or, or losing control? You can, you can see them up there. And, and as you look at those opportunities for, for fears on the screen, maybe you've even added some to the list. You know, we all have fears. Having fears is a part of living in reality. Okay? There's just good ways and bad ways for us to handle the fears that we have. Okay? So today, as we continue on in our, our summer vacation series, the question that we're going to answer is, 
How are my fears conquered? Today, as, as we go on our vacation trip, we're going to go to a place that you maybe have heard of, but it, you, we really don't talk about it a lot, but you know exactly what happened there. Many of you do, okay? We're going to go to a valley. It's called the Valley of Elah, okay? And, and so there it is up on the screen. Uh, on the left side is the hill, and just off to the screen, or, well, I guess, However you're looking at it. On the left side, yeah, is the hill. On the right side, there's a hill too that's just out of the picture, okay? And what happens in the Valley of Eli, you'll, you'll get this on the, on the hillside that we see. That's where the Israelite army was at. And on the right side, that hill that we can't see, that's where the Philistine army is at, okay? And so today, what we're gonna be talking about is the account of David and Goliath, okay? You probably didn't recall the Valley of Elah, but you probably know the story, many of you do anyway, of David and Goliath. You know what one of my fears is? One of my fears is that you think you know what the story of David and Goliath is all about. You, you think that the, the story of David and Goliath has a, a, a moral truth that you're to follow instead of a salvation truth you are to receive, okay? So let's check it out. The Philistines, they've got a champion named Goliath, okay? And a, a champion is literally a person who goes in the interspaces, a person who goes in between two groups. And that's really, really important. And so we're gonna come back to it a little bit later. So don't forget it. A champion is someone who goes in between the spaces, in between two groups, okay? And... and the Philistine champion, Goliath, this is what the scriptures say about him. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. Just some, just some foreshadowing here, a scale of armor for protection. Remember in the Garden of Eden when the Satan came? And, and tempted Eve, he had, you know, as a snake, scales. Get the connection there, right? On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him, Okay. So this is Goliath. Goliath is huge, all right? He is really, really big. Not only is he really big, really tall, he's really broad. He is like super, super strong. And in addition to that, Goliath has on the 1.0 version of the Iron Man suit, okay? This guy is unstoppable, He's the champion, okay? And he says, he comes out to the, to the Israelite soldiers as they come down. He goes, hey, 
pick a guy from you. Pick a, pick a representative from your group. Pick a champion out of your ranks and have him come down and fight me and we'll just do this thing mano a mano, one on one. Okay? If I defeat your champion, you'll serve us. But if your champion, no way in, you know where, can beat me, we'll serve you. Okay? So that's what's going on in the battlefield. Right? They're coming down from the hills. Goliath breaks the rank, sends out his defiance, his challenge. The Israelite soldiers go running and hiding all the time. That's what's happening. Back at home, where David is at, as a young adolescent boy, David's father comes to him and says, David, I'm going to give you some food. I want you to go to the, to the Israelite army because your brothers are serving there. I want you to Talk to them, see how they're doing, and come back and report to me how they're doing. So David's father, Jesse, gives him some food, and David takes off for the battle lines as an adolescent. And as he is getting to the hill where the Israelite soldiers are at, it's time for the armies to take up their battle positions. And so David hands off his food to the food supplier guy and runs in with the army looking for his brothers as they're going down to take up their positions. And, and as he finds his brother, out comes Goliath again and says, pick a guy, any guy, let him be your representative, let him be your champion, and, and let's do it one-on-one. And when he does this, Again, the Israelite soldiers, they go running into hiding, okay? So David has gone running into battle with his, you know, the soldiers looking for his brothers. The next thing he knows, he's running back away. He's just following the soldiers. And David is like confused by this, like you're, you guys aren't even fighting here and, and things like that. And what's with this? And, you know, and he can tell all the Israelite soldiers are just scared to death. Saul, the king, he's a head taller. We know that from when he was anointed as king. Saul's the king. He's supposed to represent the people, right? He's supposed to represent the people wherever they go. And Saul is, is hiding too, okay? But Saul says, you know, he kind of tries to cover himself. He goes, hey, whoever goes out and fights Goliath and wins, I'll give one of my daughters too, and you'll become the king's son-in-law. And so David is, is checking on that to, to see if that's accurate. He's just kind of curious. He's, he's trying to figure all these things out. And he's, he's asking around about this. And his brothers are right there. And his, his oldest brother is just like really sick of David. Okay, It's like, you punk, what, what are you doing here? You're, you're just causing problems. You heard the story. You're just the kid. You're getting in the way of the battle. Just go away. Leave. Leave us alone. And so David leaves. But he doesn't leave as in going home. He leaves and he goes to Saul. And he says to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine your servant will go and fight him. So what David is doing, he's going to Saul and he says, Saul, I'll be the champion. I'll be the representative. I'll be the go-between between the two groups. 
And, and King Saul is, you know, knock on the door and he's going, oh good, someone's going to offer to be the champion. This is going to be great. And, and then in comes David, okay? And David, again, is just an adolescent. He hasn't reached his growth spurt, so he's just a pencil, okay? And, and David's going, I'll do it. And King Saul's like, ah, not what I was expecting, and, and Saul, as you know, we all have our faults and everything, but, but he was at least compassionate at this point in time. He's like, David, no, I, I, he's going to eat you for lunch. And David says to, to King Saul, man, don't, don't worry about it. I got it. He says, let me, let me tell you what's happened. When I've been out shepherding my flocks and, and things like that, and, and the bear comes out of the woods, I just grab up my slingshot and... Do away with the bear. And when the lion comes, I do the exact same thing. I got a king. And so like after more than a month of not having options, Saul concedes and accepts David's offer and encourages him in two ways, with words and then with some armor. He says to, to David, go and the Lord be with you. And then Saul, remember a, a foot taller, a head taller than all the Israelites, goes to this little adolescent David and puts on his armor on him and his helmet. And, and David is just drowning in this stuff. Okay, and it's heavy and he can barely move at all. Maybe you can just kind of picture, you know, a, a little boy in a, a grown man's, you know, Sunday suit or whatever, except this is heavy armor. And David's like, it's not going to work. Uh, so he takes off the armor. He picks up five smooth stones out of the stream, puts it into his pouch. He's got his slingshot. And he takes off for the battle, okay? And so he's running into the valley. Goliath is running into the valley. You saw it was, it was pretty large, right? And they're running in. And the closer they get to each other, the better that Goliath can see, man, this isn't even a man. This is a little boy. And, and, and David does it, or, you know, is... He's just going with courage and whatnot. And, and Goliath is just like, unbelievable. He didn't know whether to laugh or, or be angry, right? I, I mean, picture it if, if we had a, a, a five-year-old, because we don't have giants, right? If we had a five-year-old challenge Giannis to a one-on-one -on -one game on a regulation hoop. I mean, we're all siding with Giannis, right? This is going to be over quick, and Goliath sees David and, and sees that this is the real deal, that this is the, the Israelite champion, and he just unleashes a verbal assault on David. You know, you don't stand a chance. You're a little boy. I'm going to feed you to the dogs. I'm going to rip you apart limb by limb. Get over here. And David, this is what he says. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, 
the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spirit that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's. Kind of keep that in mind as we're gonna answer our question in a little bit. The battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from it, the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Okay. So again, you're, you're, you're probably pretty familiar with that. The, the thing is, is who do you relate to in the story? Or, or who are you supposed to relate to in the story? I'll share about me and, and, and see if you fit in with that, all right? Uh, we're not Goliath. We want to be David. We think we're supposed to be David. But... I'm like the Israelite soldiers. How about you? You have any fears? See, we are to relate to not to David, but the Israelite soldiers. And then relating to those soldiers, we're to run to God and go, how are my fears conquered? You see, God helps us, not so much through inspiration and modeling, but through substitution and imputation. In other words, in the account of David and Goliath, David is not our inspiration. David is not our model. He is a type of Christ. He is the deliverer. He is the one who saves the people. He doesn't say to you and me, hey, when you're fearful, get some stones, grab a slingshot, and let those fear have it. He doesn't say, Blanton, you know, you're afraid of getting cancer. Grab a rock and throw it at it. And it'll be gone. Oh, he is the champion. He is a type of Christ. And furthermore, check out how David saves the people. 
He saves the people through his weaknesses. David is young, and he's not so strong. So he's carrying a slingshot instead of a spear. David is young and not so strong. So he's got a pouch full of rocks instead of a big shield over his chest. David is young, and, and, and so he spent so much of his life up to that point out with the sheep, learning how to use the slingshot and the stones. He's young and small and everything but big and strong. And that leads Goliath to go into battle unguarded. David saves the people through his weaknesses. He saves them because he is their champion, a substitute, a go-between. David is the legal representative for the nation of Israel. In other words, however it goes for David, it goes for all the people. If David wins the battle, they win. If David loses the battle, they lose. It doesn't depend on what the people do or don't do. It all depends on David. So here's the point in the story that I think at least a number of us have missed along the way. Goliath doesn't so much represent fears as he represents Satan, the causer of fears. David is a type of Christ. He's the champion. He's not our model, okay? David points to Jesus, the ultimate champion who step between the spaces between us and Satan. And he wins that battle. See, like David, Jesus wins the battle for us through his weakness. He took on human flesh. Jesus, some of you will remember in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was overwhelmed emotionally drained, dripping in blood as he prayed. And then not long after that, he was arrested. He was beaten, literally beaten, mocked. Torn apart mentally, emotionally, physically. He's so weak, he, he couldn't even carry his cross all the way up to the mountain. So they had to get someone else to carry it for him. But when it came to time to go on the cross, no one else could go on the cross. 
No one else could be our representative. No one else could be our substitute. Jesus goes to the cross and takes our penalty for sin. He defeats Satan, who is our Goliath. You see, that's what the David and Goliath story is really all about, is about a champion defeating the big enemy. That's what Christianity is all about. See, David was the people's substitute. Jesus is our substitute. David saved the people, the Israel army, from physical death. Jesus saves us from spiritual and eternal death. David risked his life for the people. Jesus gave up his life for the people. David went through the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus went through death and came out on the other side. See, for those who believe in Jesus, Your sins are paid for in full. And all the victories that Jesus has, all his glory, all his trophies, all his accolades, they become yours. You don't lift a finger. Jesus is your champion. It means your future is guaranteed. See, God doesn't give frightened people like you and me an inspiration or a model. He gives us the Savior, Jesus, our champion. How are my fears conquered? Through Jesus. Jesus defeats not only fear, but the fear causer. See, the, the truth of the story is that David is pointing to Jesus, our true champion. Jesus is our deliverer. Jesus is our go-between. Jesus is our savior. You see, victory doesn't come when you hold it all together. Victory comes when you realize God is holding you. God is holding you. I know how your story ends. Your story ends in glory. Because the David and Goliath story is not a story with a moral. It's a salvation story. And Jesus is your Savior. I know as you go through life, there are a zillion and one things going on. For many of you right now, it feels like you are surrounded by all these troubles. And you are surrounded. Not by your troubles, but by Jesus. You're surrounded by him. To drive this point home, I want us to finish up this message joining together with our worship team with this singing of Surrounded. 
fight my battles. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.